Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the Old Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Got a very special episode for you today. I'm just going to throw it on over to my co-host, John Chafonchik. Get the show started. What's up, John? You freeze, Rossville York, Jeff Vitter, such a dork, loose to Memphis Shyam, Connor, Tony Connors, knee. Leanne Tui, blindside, Herbert Moore, hitched a ride, I train, Boko Kane, shirtless at the library. Dan Jones, inside job, K.A., Big Rob, Buck Teeth, Christian Prize, seeing escorts on the side. Booster Money, Bastard Child, Vandy often, Vandy's offense running wild. Laramie Tunsil, Peach Bowl, lack of institutional control. We didn't make the hire. It was Archie Manning and Chateau was planning. We didn't make the hire. Got to rise too soon after Nut and Boo. Oh, my God. It's so good. That's fantastic. Thank you. Okay. So good. So, yeah, it was second voice on there, of course. We got our uh, longtime, first-time uh, table cobbleson with John up there, and that was that was We Didn't Make the Hire. Is that, is that right, guys? Is that the title? Yes, title. We Didn't Make the oh, Hire. Oh, that's, that's so good. And so that's the, that's the first version. I, I hope we're going to get a studio version down uh, with some backing tracks and all one of these days. But – Fantastic. So, all, all the listeners out there, that's verse one. We've got three more verses to create. Yeah, we got to uh, fill those out. We have some ideas at us. So yeah, we, seriously. Uh, John was a bassist in a ska band, but he is. It's mostly Ole Miss-themed third-wave ska, and uh, uh, we'll be in the studio soon. I didn't know I was either. But <laughs> Hopefully there's a – that needs like a, a ska reference that also references some sort of infraction in the – Notice of allegations or something like that. That the title of that band. That's a really good opportunity. I was, was thinking say, like three eleven, but something to do with number of allegations, like twenty one. What are you talking about? Fourth and fourth twenty five. <laughs> there you go. Fourth and twenty five. Exactly. Twenty five in the first verse. It's going to be in the second. So, but we'll get there. There. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, some brainstorming ideas for the second verse. Fourth and twenty five is definitely up there. Uh, but yeah, and we'll put we'll uh, put those lyrics in the episode description because I think they're fantastic. It's Shaim Carter reference in there. Um, I I think that it might be my fault if there were any uh, mistakes on that second singing. You nailed it the first time. We were having some technical difficulties. We're back on track now. Um, we're gonna talk about you know the same general BS we've been talking about. It just things keep developing in this whole NCAA case, the back and forth, the paperwork. Um, you know, none of it's good news for Ole Miss. It, it really, I think, any of the stuff we've discussed or that Ole Miss fans have latched onto this summer that has, has been positive, um, it, it mostly seems like it was a mirage. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. Um, COI date's been set. I'm not positive if we talked about that in our last record, but it not is September 11th. Yeah. Big day. Important historical day. Um, go ahead. 
I said we were gonna get some truth on 9/11. That's all. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna become 9/11 truthers. Uh, actually, I really, you know, obviously there's a lot that we don't know, but I feel like we've we've gotten a lot of pieces of the truth now through Ole Miss's response. We have today the enforcement staff's response to Ole Miss's response. Uh, kind of includes a lot of the evidence that they were going off of when they made their original allegations that Ole Miss tried to refute. Um, of course, we know about some of Hugh Freeze's misconduct, a lot of it not related necessarily to breaking NCAA rules, but we've we've learned about it in the last month, and he resigned and all of that. So the, the truth is starting to come into focus, I feel like. It's not necessarily positive for Ole Miss, but hey, you know, we're, we're not here just to talk about the positive. We're trying to get to the truth, but... Um, I don't know. I feel like we haven't even given Table a chance to say anything yet. Like this is this is strange. You know, uh, I gotta say, Table. I was talking with Will Bedwell, and uh, I would, I had a, my new intro for you was gonna be, of all the Ole Miss fans we have on the show, I'd have to say Table hates Ole Miss the most. I think John's. <laughs> I think John's a solid second uh, at times on the show, but of course, very happy to have you back. And just to reiterate. Great job on that song, guys. That was fantastic. Hey, so. let, me, let me put some context. So to update the listeners, Table Cobbleson is in escorted out. Is in New Hampshire for an undefined period of time. I got escorted out of Oxford. Ex- escorted yeah. into New Hampshire. Back, back. Yeah. Um, he is crashing on a day bag that resides below his original painting, which resides nice. here in New Hampshire. So it's lulls how it all comes it's together. Historic. And he will also be making his first uh, public appearance this afternoon. Yeah. The Ole, the Ole Miss Club of New England is having their freshman send-off picnic here in four hours. So the guest of honor is Table Cobbleson. Holy crap. That's amazing. We have, we have a uh, Last Supper rendition painting to wrap off fundraise so, uh, for Ole Miss. 30 by 36. It's called The Last Tailgate. Oh, that's so good. Uh, John, you want to share who's in it? Looking at it. Yeah, it can actually also before you can you also send me a, send me an image of that so we can put that on the the page for the for the episode. People, in case people want to see it, do that live. So we got Tunsil getting his bong lit by Rob on the left side. Uh, nice. The Colonel and the Bear kind of below the table, getting funky. Is that a cat below Houston Nut? What's the panther? That's a panther. Ah, oh, panther. panther. Yeah. Oh, Houston Nut. Freeze is in the middle with a, a red and blue robe and some very distinct buck teeth. Right, I, I looked at the original Last Supper. I realized Jesus was already wearing a red tunic with a blue white <laughs> robe over it. Oh, wow. It's already in the Cardinal Navy blue. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Who, who else, John? You, you want to talk about it? I'm going to send a picture. I got pictures. You got a picture. Yeah. So we got Bradley Sal uh, having a beer spilled on him by Corbett Neek. <laughs> fumble. No, that's Carlos Davis. Carlos Davis fumbling a beer. But instead of like him getting hit by it, he's having Jevin Sneed. He's using Jevin Sneed as his shield. <laughs> that's good. Then we have Corbett Neek dropping a beer. And then we have Eli and Chad. Um, looks like Chad's giving... <laughs> what's going on that was unintentional what is that over there who's this with that only austin miller and paul Catool will know who's 
arm is in the picture. Oh, God. So that's just for them. Former Oxford mayor. We're candidate. not going to talk about that. The former Oxford for... male mayor candidate. That's just for them. Just for them. I sent you a picture, Justin. Yeah, this is great. I'm looking at it now. So <laughs> if you're listening to this, you can open up uh, the Lantarks After Dark page for this episode. It should be the background there. Check that out. It's good stuff. Uh, you know, might might attach it to the tweet too when we tweet this out. Classic, classic table cobbleson joint. Uh, I really, I gotta say, props to the Rebel Club in New England for being much more like interesting and woke than I feel like. Like I feel like table cobbleson wouldn't really be a big hit at like the the Rebel Club of Memphis or something. You know what I mean? I, I, I feel like maybe your humor wouldn't quite. Well, right. The president asked me to be there. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. This is New England. These are these are educated, you know, cultured people. So painting this in the park outside. <laughs> yeah. So I, I recruit more listeners while you're there. These are definitely our type of uh, old Miss fans. I don't think our show would be very popular at the uh, Memphis Alumni Club either. So that's it's all it's all on brand for us. Um, yeah. So let's get into this response from the enforcement staff. Uh, I think that's definitely the biggest thing that happened this week. We were talking before the show, uh, you know, for a brief fleeting moment, it seemed like Houston nuts lawsuit against Ole Miss being dismissed for jurisdictional reasons was going to be the defining story of the week. But, uh, Ole Miss made sure that it was overshadowed by releasing this stuff, kind of tried to hide it with that good news. But to me, this is much more important. Uh, it definitely flies in the face, not only of Ole Miss's response to the original notice of allegations, uh, but in my opinion, it flies in the face of the way Bjork has comported himself, uh, especially since Freeze's resignation. Um, I just, I, I don't know. You know, what do I want from the administration? Do I want them to just give up and say, yeah, we're screwed? Maybe so, because that seems like the most honest approach at this point. Like, to continue to act like we have any sort of a case here uh, just seems very disingenuous. But I, I don't know. I know you guys haven't had this document for very long. We were just talking about it beforehand but I, the bombshell stuff in here for me and maybe i'm missing some of the bombshells because it is another 117 page document similar length old mrs response um but to me that the most impactful stuff i've seen so far is basically corroboration of leo lewis's account of receiving free merchandise from rebel rags and that comes in the form of Lots of communication between Ole Miss coaches and the owner of Rebel Rags, uh, especially timed specifically around when these visits were happening, when the players said they were receiving this free gear. Um, basically, Table, you brought this up when we were talking before the show. We've been led to believe that Leo Lewis's story about free merchandise is full of holes and is incredible, and he's changed it three times and all of this. And that, that may be true, but there's substantial cooperation in the in the form of phone records um, and other stuff like that that I think really makes Ole Miss seem silly for trying to act like, oh, Leo Lewis is not credible, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Ole Miss is not credible in all of this is my big takeaway. Yeah, I mean, is it possible that they get a three-year bowl ban? You know, I don't know. Um, I... I because flat out, they have lied to the NCAA. You know, here, here's yeah, it's interesting. I had heard that the committee or the enforcement uh, group committee, whatever the hell they're called, 
the investigators had basically said that uh, exemplary cooperation was out. Yeah, and yeah, that, that was part of the response too. They rejected Ole Miss's attempt at exemplary cooperation. That Ole Miss basically lied to him. So, I mean, we get you. I'm just. I mean, I before the show, I was going on. I made the point that this is not the court of law. And that's where a lot of people. It right. seems like Ole Miss's thing is like, oh, they could blow up Leo Lewis as a witness. Well, this is not the court of law, and so I'm going to kind of. Well, yeah, and Ole Miss know, also yeah. doesn't get the chance to ask him questions. Like, how are you going to blow up a witness you can't question? But go on. The other thing too is that I'm going to be a little bit of a hypocrite only for you two guys, but like Martha Stewart went to jail because she committed perjury, not because mm-hmm. of the actual tax thing. So it's like, do they get slapped even harder just for be, just for lying over a substantial period of time? And it's kind of like, and it's almost naive. And I guess I'm going to hate Bjork on this episode. I keep going back and forth on this. <laughs> it, it's almost naive to think, oh, Hugh Freeze is gone. That, that's what you guys want. It's done. It's like, well, they dug in so deep behind Hugh Freeze that now they've lied. Right. The, the institution has lied multiple times, independent of Hugh Freeze. And Bjork has. And I don't think Vitter even knows what's going on. So, mm-hmm. in fact, I know Vitter doesn't know what's going on. So, it's like, when is the last time that the administration or Hugh Freeze told us something controversial that was not a lie? When's mm-hmm. the last time? Because okay. we're looking back and, like, you know, Hugh Freeze lied about all kinds of stuff. You know, you get the escorts, this, that, whatever. Um, looks like, you know, according to this, you know. So the, I think, this, okay, so I, I think the starting point, we should start with the majority of allegations date back to the previous staff and or track and women's basketball. So the question is, since then, have we been told anything that was just the truth? And I, I can't think of anything as of yet. I no. mean, in any facet. I mean, like, we were told... Derek Jones is going to be NFL corner. We were told that Hugh Freeze was going to give up the play calling. Right. We but were... to me, to me, that, that is like the truth by any Ole Miss coach or administration. Right. Everything they told us is under threat of being a lie. It should all be investigated. We've and been deceived. It, it is. The NCAA has investigated it, decided it was all lies. And they're like, well, you're screwed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but to me, that was like, Maybe not a turning point, but that's like the signature lie that, that kind of all the other lies fall under and or are in service to this lie about how, well, Freeze didn't ever really, and for and it's evolved over time. It was, it was also, well, Freeze is never named in the notice of allegations. Like, Freeze is not involved in any of this stuff. Um, and and for, for partially, like, part of that has always been denial because if you know anything about the NCAA head coach responsibility legislation. Um, pretty much whatever Barney did, they were going to say Freeze was responsible for as well. That's just the way it works. Um, so it was always kind of disingenuous to hide behind this idea that, well, Freeze himself isn't in the NOA because his coaches were all over it. Um, but, but we know now that on top of, like I said, the stuff that wasn't necessarily against NCAA rules, you know, the personal misconduct, um, he was also involved in a lot of a lot of these recruiting violations. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to learn over the course of this response and also the COI meeting. So, I mean, there's really no excuse for it. I think at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff comes back to Freeze being out of his depth in the in the SEC. Um, I don't think he had enough time as an assistant at the Power Five level uh, to really figure out how any of this stuff's going to happen. Are gonna this work, excuse me. Really about 
the head coaching search is that Bjork went on the whichever podcast and said he wants like a young, energetic guy. Yeah. The reason Ole Miss needs an established person right now, even if that guy, you fire him after a couple years, you just need somebody that's going to come in and knows how to not get caught cheating. Less miles? Piss off the NCAA, not piss off like other coaches that are vindictive. You know, he knows how to just come in and play the game and get us, you know, back on track again. Oh, yeah, as far as Brady Hoke. I would love if we could go get Frank Wilson if he has another good year. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot of potential as a head coach. Am I sure that he knows how to, uh, you know, handle cheating under the table like all good head coaches do? Like, I don't know. I mean, I mean he was, Frank Wilson was a, a big assistant at LSU for a lot longer than Freeze was at Ole Miss, right? That's a good point, and being under Les Miles is different than being exclusively under Ogeron. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. Trying to figure out how long he was at LSU. Um, but, uh, continue. Yeah, I just want to know how to just, you know. Oh, so, he, so he was LSU's recruiting coordinator for six years. I mean, that gives me a little more confidence than what Freeze was tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator for like two seasons or something like that under Orgeron. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I see where you're coming from. I mean, I'm still scared of hiring a retread, hiring another Houston nut type idea, especially like you were saying. Another thing about like a Frank Wilson type is if Ole Miss is, is hit with a two-year bull ban, which I really, really think that's extremely likely at this point. I, I'll be shocked if we find a way to a one-year bull ban. That would, if that happened, you know, it would actually be a huge win for Bjork and the administration. I think we'd have to reevaluate some of our criticism because that would be a, a Houdini job, but I'm going to assume they get a two-year bull ban. Um, I mean, do you really even want to take a risky hire? Or do you just get, get someone to kind of be the caretaker of the program for a couple of years uh, and just bide your time? I, I, I just don't know. It's, it's a strange situation because I think it's also going to be met with substantial scholarship reductions, which is also going to hurt any young coaches his chance to be good and also probably his perception of the job. You know, do I want to go there? Do I want to go coach with a hand tie behind my back and all of that on my first power five job? It's, it's a tough situation for sure. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be better or worse. If you, if you end up having to do it with the new athletic director and all that, it's just bleh. Ole Miss is not in a great place right now. I don't know if y'all heard. I think we're going to lose. You're going to lose what? Scholarships. Do you think we're going to lose? Um, Hmm, I'll say I'll say 24 over 4. All right, I got a cons- I, 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 I got a, I got a wild idea. It's okay. kind of dumb. Okay. Let's talk about with John. We're really drunk. There's a lot of good beer up here in New England. So we were hammered, but um I was I said that Instead of pissing away a couple scholarships each year and having each class be kind of weak, mm-hmm. what we do is because we're going to have one of these fucking bull bands anyway, we mm-hmm. let people know ahead of time, hey, we're not going to have any scholarships for you know, this one fucking year, right? Or we can even pretend like some of those will be scholarships, but we let everybody know in the DL there's no actual scholarships going out. And we get it out ahead of the time right now so that all the alumni with their shitty little legacy two-star players – and, like, their white three stars that should be two stars from, like, the shitty Jackson schools should just go ahead and get them 
you know, held back a year or graduating early or, you know, do you know, taking a year off and then playing in JUCO, whatever they need to do. So all those guys are available that one year and they can all come to Ole Miss. We can pretend, oh man, we would totally give them these guys scholarships if we had them this year. Uh, you know, they're just walking on because they love Ole Miss so much and pretend mm-hmm. like they're you know, real players. And then we take all the, um, I'm not going to say names, but we all know, we know what guys, you know, if there's, if there's a crappy white player from Jackson whose dad or granddad played at Ole Miss who ends up on the team, mm-hmm. would he be there if not? No. We just take all those guys in one year. That's how we get new boosters after we disassociate ourselves from boosters. You know, we have to dissociate from boosters. We get new boosters by giving all their crappy kids, like, getting them on the team without giving them actual scholarships. And we have one year where we have a bunch of shitty guys, but... So I thought, it's not a bad plan, I thought your plan was going to be, like, the KA 2009 rush plan. So if you, for anyone that wasn't around at Ole Miss then, this was my freshman year, so I was friends with a lot of these guys that ended up in this... Yeah. Shadow, the shadow uh, pledge class. Um, shout out to friend of the show, Neil McMillan. Uh, you know, he's a upstanding member of the order. But so what happened that year was there was a hazing scandal. If I'm recalling the details correctly, um, some cops rolled up on a bunch of KAs and pledges the year before in 2008 behind some barbecue restaurant, I forget where, like in the woods somewhere, and the pledges had a bunch of like 40s taped to their hands, like it was that that whole idea, Edward 40 hands or whatever. Um, so that's a hilarious image. Uh, that got KA in trouble. They weren't allowed to have a pledge class the next year. So what they did was they told a bunch of kids in my rush class, like, hey, just come to KA. Like, don't go through rush. Don't. Don't uh, pledge anywhere. We'll have like secret pledge ship. You'll get you'll go through all the same stuff, but we'll like keep it super secret so the IFC can't find out about it. You'll be shadow pledges, and then next year we'll we'll pretend like your pledges again. Um, we'll officially initiate you, but you will have gone through all that stuff the first year. So I thought your plan was gonna be like, hey, tell all these like three stars and marginal players and all. Like, hey, let's come come walk on for a year. We'll get you financial aid and all that stuff. Uh, but really, you have a scholarship. Like, really, you're at KA. Like, don't worry. Like, when people ask We're not you. We don't have that much need-based financial aid. We're not a private institution. No, it's, we very, could... it's very true. But one year, dude, one year of Ole Miss is not that expensive. If we, we could find a way to get some to get some kids through for a year if that meant they had a scholarship the next three. The problem is the NCAA isn't going to let us impose like all twenty five or whatever in one year. Sadly, it would be fun. Maybe over two years, just send like half the recruiting class to Scuba for a year. Yeah, 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 and like alternate it so like they. Go How about we just that. recruit all grade risk anyway? <laughs> Yeah, we should just not. We should have no recruiting class for a whole year, and then just bring in an entire JUCO class, like at uh, Southern Miss. Under yeah. that Todd Munkin, he's the one that did that. But, hey, if we don't bring in twenty five in a year, we can bring in twenty five December graduates, right? Yeah, actually, why don't we, just we send get... everybody to JUCO for a year, and then bring in twice as many people as we should be able to the next year because half of them are December grads. Yeah, exactly. Let's invent a new color of shirt. Like what? What was the one? What was the one that Tennessee did? Did Tennessee start the blue shirt under Butch uh, like three or four years ago? 
green shirt or the blue shirt? With yeah, them? let's do let's do like a powder blue a powder blue shirt. Powder blue shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where um, like so the way the the way the powder blue shirt works is you come to Ole Miss and you're not in class. You're just practicing with the team and you get a job at Oxford Crystal. Um, you don't have to go to it. They just huh. send you they just send you paychecks, um, allegedly. And then uh, you, you just Motors. go on. I was going to say, screw that. Cannon Motors Commission. All that. Well, you have a program. You have the Cannon Motors Commission team. You have the Oxford Crystal team. No, this is perfect, actually. Cannon Motors should pay all the guys because then – we can't get in trouble because Cannon Motors is disassociated. How could how could we be cheated through Cannon Motors? They're not even a booster anymore. Come on, use your common this? sense. How about since Jeff Bitter is, I'm not even Jeff Bitter, he's killing our fucking basketball team. Sure. You know, so you know, not signing Kennedy, we lose, you know, we lose our assistant coach, we lose our top recruits. Mm-hmm. So he's he just going to kill the basketball team anyway. How about we just give out basketball scholarships to all the kids we want on the football team hmm. one year? And then they oh, it'd be like Butch ball. Davis and the track scholarships back in the day. They yeah, Santana Moss had a track scholarship playing. Exactly. Yeah. Track team, track team, we could really do. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, that's their track, their track coach would probably go behind it if he got a bunch of like wide receiver sprinters for a year. He'd yeah. be like, all right, they'll be on track the whole time. Then I get some of them to stay. Yeah. You know, like you know that like the track team would have been fine having like uh, Dante Moncrief, Kayla Moore. Uh, Here's some of the fast guys. Uh, Apparently, Ephraim could have done it at 230 pounds. D.K. Buford. Running that 4-4. Yeah, yeah. D.K. Buford. D.K. Buford should just already be on the track team. Oh, he's not doing anything on the football team. Exactly. He should go run track. I don't think D.K. Buford is fast, guys. D.K. Buford think, is, like, giant. Well, now. High school, he was fast. Okay. But I guess they said you were too small. You can't play football at 150. I, I think he's too big to play running back now, personally. But oh, yeah, I don't think he has a position. I think he should drop yeah, back down. I don't think so either. He should go back to the track team. Is what you're saying? I like it. Yeah. Uh, is Swinney gonna be any good this season? Uh, he'll get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks how quickly that reputation develops. Like one or two injuries in your old glass jaw, old glass knee. Um. That sucks. Uh, wait, we talked about. Wait, let's stay. Let's stay on this. Let's stay on the. Uh, the wow, we're really dumb, and the NCAA has all this evidence of this organized cheating. Uh, I just it blows my mind. It blows my mind because Barney knew that he was supposed to be using burner phones for stuff that was against the rules. And yet we have all of this contact with uh, owner of Rebel Rags and uh, arranging illegal rides to recruits and all. And he's doing this on his university phone. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why are you even – you run out of minutes or something? Like, why are you? Why do you even have the burner phone if you're still going to use your other phone for this stuff? Here's what's crazy is that the university knew he wasn't even – yeah, the university didn't even have a good cheating protocol in place. No, not at all. But what little they did, they knew Barney was violating, and they still kept him on staff in 2016. Right, and they didn't. And then even when, like, even Amazing. after he had been interviewed with in the NCAA, and we had like documentation of his of his wrong his wrongdoing, he still wasn't fired. He was suspended. I don't know. Did y'all see that Washington Post uh, profile of Barney? No. It was pretty interesting. 
but apparently Freeze told Barney to think of it as a vacation, his suspension. It's just like, I don't, I just, I don't know how with a straight face you can say Ole Miss had a competent response to any of these Hey, well, I think they were stupider than you told me they were. <laughs> yeah, well, I think part of it, I think part of it has to be that Freeze and Barney, in a way, kind of had like a suicide pact almost where Freeze didn't feel comfortable throwing Barney under the bus, I guess, because Barney knew too much. I don't know. But it, it seemed honestly what it reminds me of. It reminds me of Trump and Mike Flynn and, and Barney is Mike Flynn and uh, Freeze is Freeze is like talking to Bjork about and Bjork's like Comey or some shit. Right. And he's like. I just, I really hope you'll, you'll fit, you'll find a way to let this go. You know, Barney's a really great guy, you know, him and his family. <laughs> he just, he just, he doesn't deserve this. Like, I think we should just let this go. That's what it reminds me of. I don't know. That's basically was Freeze's approach where it was kind of like Trump's where he was just like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, no, totally. And they, yeah, they just, both probably oh, don't really know what's going but, on. But, you know, he's not president of the United States. He's head coach at a university. Yeah, he was no just the highest paid uh, state employee of Mississippi for a couple of years. Yeah. So I still cannot, it just blows my mind that this, that the entire university of Mississippi got their ass handed to him by Steve Robertson. Yep. Steve Robertson was an inside job working for the administration because they needed to fire freeze without. No, that's total out. bullshit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going for that narrative bullshit. either. They are going to lose bigly. Is Steve Robertson? I will. I promise you, in eighteen months, eighteen to twenty-four months, I will be able to to put together a case that this has cost the university a hundred million dollars. Hundred million. Wow. Is hundred million dollars? Is Steve Robertson the most competent man in Mississippi? <laughs> no. Like, like maybe he's psychotic. No, so this is this is good. This is a good transition because I want to talk about Mars. I want to talk about Nuts Lawyer, and he is very much entangled with Steve Robertson at this point. Let's say Robertson, he had one goal. He went to fuck over an entire university. And it took him like, a long time, and he's been he's been like bumbling around trying to do this for years. But and once again. This is, you know, a chance for me to shoehorn in my favorite Great Gatsby quote, which is a bad driver is only in danger when they run into another bad driver. Uh, and I'm going to say Steve Robertson and Hugh Freeze were like two <laughs> giant dying stars just kind of orbiting each other out there. Uh, and when, when Steve's quest to bring down Ole Miss ran into the formidable incompetence of Hugh Freeze and his uh, – the network. That's something else, by the way. I was wondering, you know, do you think, I mean, I think the NCAA has probably caught wind of hashtag the network and how Ole Miss fans think it's cool and funny to be like, yeah, we, we cheat, we're good at it. And I only think that that's going to make them want to hammer Ole Miss more. But whatever. Oh, just, yeah. there's, just a there's thought. Fucking, just a thought. Those fucking, fucking assholes that made the Bagman hats. Yeah. Had a really so, personally, I think the Bagman brand is You're more under the radar. You know what really pisses me off? Look, is how many Bagman hats can we be selling right now? <laughs> but our inventory got destroyed. Yeah. Oh, you know who got destroyed by? A fucking Alabama fan. <laughs> I had all the Bagman hats in uh -huh. my car, right? Uh -huh. And on a fucking Monday at like 8 o'clock p.m. when school is out, way out on Highway 6, not even by the square, uh -huh. I get hit by a drunk driver. In a Whoa. giant fucking SUV that fucking totals my whole car. He just drove straight through a red light. How did I not hear me. about this? 
And uh, you hear about that? I guess not. That's terrible. <laughs> no, I was taking pictures I, I of my spot. Yeah, my bagman but, uh, How many bagman hats were lost? We have about like 20 that got like. Damn, RIP. Like, I still have some with like mud spots on that I picked up off the highway, but they just Damn. like flew across the highway. That doesn't um, that sucks. But that sucks. the guy's fucking license plate came off and came at me like a fucking shirkin throwing star and like stuck in the car seat behind me. <laughs> The oh, cop said, you literally could have been decapitated by that fucking license plate. I hadn't heard that. And it was That's a big crazy. Alabama A license plate. It was camo with an Alabama A. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So that dude's going to go to jail for like several years. Yeah, he's in jail. Okay, good. Um, he was three times over the limit. Jesus Christ. I, That's terrifying. Like fucking around with his, <laughs> his meds too. <laughs> That's terrifying. Uh, no, the reason I wanted to transition through Robertson to Mars, because like, yes, you said Steve Robertson brought on Ole Miss, et cetera. Well, he was definitely aided, at least when it comes to Freeze being forced to resign over the escort calls. He was aided by this Arkansas lawyer that we've been hearing about for a couple of months, representing Houston Nutt and the uh, his defamation of character, I guess. It, it was uh, The suit was about, obviously, like breaking his contract. Um, there's developments in that we'll get to in just a couple of minutes about the actual contract itself. Um, not really good for Nutt's case in any way. But so Mars is trying to make this case. He gets phone records via FOIA um, that Freeze apparently forgot to redact this one escort call from, which is this is funny. So guys, if you if you think about this, basically what that proves is that Freeze had uh, either Freeze or the university. I think it was Freeze had like his lawyers. Um, maybe at a firm here in town with the big building on the interstate, people have said that's where he goes for representation. I don't know. Um, but he had people, whatever these FOIA requests come in, they were going through with the fine tooth comb and just removing calls to escort services. Like how, just, let's just think about that. Richard Schwartz or somebody else? No, not a billboard. I'm talking about a big, beautiful, this, this is a very serious firm. This is not a ambulance chaser type. Um, who is the elected firm? Well, I'm just I'm giving you all the clues. They have a big tall building in Ridgeland right next to the Renaissance. Oh, I'm not gonna say it. I'm just saying it's a it's a big firm. If you lived here you would know what I was talking about. Yeah, sure. They have practices all over the country. People say that Freeze and Bjork go down to Ridgeland and go to their offices, at least when Freeze work for, for Old Miss all the time. But how funny is that to imagine people making like even like paralegals making like twenty five or thirty dollars an hour in there, just redacting hooker calls from Freeze's phone records, so they can send it to Nuts lawyers. But they forgot one. Uh, Mars found this. I guess he googled the number, figured it out. He was at Media Days, telling all these reporters about it. Um, but yeah, basically, Old Miss and Freeze got taken down by like these these two dumbasses. Uh, and then Mars's case gets thrown out two weeks later because uh, he filed it in federal court when it's a state case, and he's an idiot. Uh, so he's going to refile it, but like I said, um, it's come out now that there is there wasn't a non-disparagement clause in the contract with Nutt. All Ole Miss agreed to do was direct certain leadership figures at Ole Miss, none of them being Bjork or Freeze since they weren't employed when Nutt was fired, um, not to disparage Nutt. So it seems like he doesn't have any case. Uh, so he won't be winning any damages, but I, I guess Nut probably still is happy with himself just for getting freeze fired, right? I mean, that's a win. 
Let's see here. I got pictures of Table Cobbleson's messed up car coming in. Jeez, dude. Yeah, that's, I should have died four times. That's terrible. You should have done what? Died four times. Should have died four times? Yeah, because the SUV hit me at that diagonal front angle you saw. Uh -huh. And then it spun my car into back into his SUV where he caved in um, wow. that door, which was like a couple inches away from yeah. half. And then that hit, knocked me towards the um, big stoplight. And if I'd hit that head on, they said that would have killed me. Jeez. And I ended terrible. up down at the... Uh, in the I was I was, you know I was at the the stoplight you know by where Crystal's is now and yeah. I ended up in the uh, parking lot of the uh, fucking uh, funeral home. <laughs> oh my god! Like across the street. Yeah. Jeez. The uh, the fourth time was the license plate I mentioned that they said right like threw at me like hit a, your head. Or which yeah that was terrifying. Well, thank God you're okay. Um, you know we couldn't do the show without you. But uh, <laughs> did the guy did the guy have good insurance? Uh, no. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, awesome. he had no insurance, so. <laughs> he had no insurance, but he had a big uh, Alabama camo tag? I can't believe this. This is unbelievable. <laughs> that is crazy talk. This is wilder than a Hugh Freeze lie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I could not have predicted this. Um, well, what is so Sanders? You you've had more time to kind of read and digest this. Basically, the university just straight up lied to everyone it's, for it's what it four, seems like four plus years on this. Okay, what, okay. So here's here's what something. Is, what? What's what question? is the damage from that? You know, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it is probably trust based. I mean, it's not it's 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 not like Ole Miss was going to have a good relationship with the NCAA enforcement staff. I mean, that's been. That's been set in motion for a long time, I guess, is my point. Like whether it's whether it's Freeze's tweet about sending it to compliance or, you know, we heard about Freeze quoting Bible verses at investigators, all kinds of different stuff. Over and over Old Miss has kind of alienated themselves from the investigators. So I don't I don't really know if the line there is gonna make things worse. But honestly I think it affects the administration's relationship with its fans and its boosters. I mean it just it seems it seems unnecessary, really, especially because multiple times Bjork's basically been like, "Okay, now this is everything." He's been like, "Okay, no, 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 like, yes, we held stuff back in the past, but here we're putting it all on the table now." Uh, and it, it's never been true. It seems like he's always had an ulterior motive, whether it was starting back with that 2016 recruiting class, um, whether it was trying to keep season ticket sales on track. Uh, just as last week when he was out there trying to, to plug everything and say it's going to be fine before these documents came down. Um, so to me, like the biggest effect that we can see so far is just the erosion of trust between the fan base and the administration. Um, it, it just, it seems unnecessary. Honestly, you've are like freeze is gone. Barney is gone. Uh, Chris Kiffin's at FAU. Like you still got Maurice Harris around, and uh, isn't Matt Luke named in here somewhere? Um, maybe not. There's one. There's one other coach that I'm just slipping my mind. But, but for the most part, you know, the most egregious actors named in this document no longer at Ole Miss. It's just crazy to me that we can't even admit that they got caught breaking these rules. It just it seems like. Ole Miss is going to deny it until they shut down the the football. What program. I would expect, what I would expect from my univer from a university, 
I guess in general terms, if I think what I think a fan should expect from a university in these type cases is that they disagree over the severity of the violations. The, you know, like okay, Ole Miss says it's a level two, and CS says level one, et cetera. But from a fact, but from a facts that we can find standpoint, mm-hmm. it's all the same. Versus here, you're reading about oh, there right. was no collaboration, whatever, right? And then they're texting on the university issued phone. That's like SMU handing out checks on their in the uh, <laughs> university like envelopes. That's the same thing. They got yeah. the death penalty. I think it's more likely Ole Miss gets three. I almost, I almost think you're like, I don't want to sound alarmist and like, we have no idea what we're talking about. Not knowing any inside NCAA information, not knowing if Mark Emmerich said, you know, a three-year bull ban would never happen. I have no idea. But from the severity of the facts of the case, from the amount of lying that has taken place, the, the misrepresenting that Ole Miss has done between what they say happened and what enforcement says happened. Yeah. I, I feel like three is more likely than one. I mean, what, I did, yeah. has any other school self-imposed a one-year bowl ban? I don't know. It's a great question. I, I think probably, but I don't know. Didn't Miami do it? What about but the Ohio they, State one? Was that corrupt? I don't know. I, I just okay. Ooh. Thinking about you said okay. Matt Luke has mentioned it all. He should be fucking fired already. Maybe, maybe he's not. Maybe maybe he's not one of the they, ones I'm doing. I think. Here's the thing, like all the people saying, oh, Matt Luke's a good rebel. The, the only, the only Matt we should Luke. give him a chance if he does good this year. Like, how are you not thinking we only, have to clean house and Matt bring Luke in an all new staff? Land. I'm okay with that. The like, hunting land. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm just saying, like, he's still tied into that, that whole image, that whole thing. If the NCAA yeah. is ever going to do this alone, we really have to, when we hire our next head coach, bring in an, an entirely new staff and just fire everybody. How does Westman – think about what – see – and I don't want to hear people say they say Wesley McGriff's not mentioning this at all, is he? No. Yeah, See, he was the best recruiter on the whole staff. Yeah, but that's probably because he was recruiting the right way. Yeah. Where, where your bagmen aren't on, they don't work for the school. So stupid. Wesley McGriff should be interim right now. Because he cheated properly. Because either he didn't cheat or he cheated smart and proper. A yeah. plus. Allegedly. You know, Worthy being on like so, according to McCrady, the Ole Miss people that have been requested, Ross Bjork, Compliance Director Matt Ball, Associate Compliance Director Julie Owen, uh, Faculty Representative Ron Reichalk, and then Derek Nix and Maurice Harris. So, I we, was a compliance person that been fired. <laughs> uh, because they turned – dude, the compliance people are doing a great job. They turned in that Barney text. Tell me a compliance department in the whole country – department that has turned in a text that damning to their own program exactly. name a more disaligned exactly unaligned university think? between Ole Miss athletics and Ole exactly Miss so <laughs> depending on what you think compliance's mission is they're they're doing a great job if you think there's actually supposed to be finding violations um so freeze is supposed to attend also so yeah i think matt luke might have been mentioned in the Honeyland thing but apparently it's not enough to to merit being called to the coi um, but yeah, I think you're probably right that it doesn't really make sense to sever all ties with the past and, and promote the coach that was, that was there for all of it. It's, it's very strange. Um, hmm. what name, name, can we name any good reason why Ole Miss shouldn't get a three-year bowl ban and 30 scholarships over three years? Like, 
you know, well, US. we're fans. I should say again. You know, it, sometimes I feel like on the show lately, it sounds like we want that to happen. Obviously, we want as as little punishment as possible so the, the football team can start rebuilding, get a great new coach, all that stuff. But the reality of the situation is, I mean, the the only reason I would say two over three is because it's already so severe. Like a two year bull ban is already extremely severe punishment. You know, I don't. What do you really get out of that third year other than just delaying the rebuild by another year? Barney Barney used texting Rebel Rags with the university phone is extremely arrogant. Yeah, it's lack of institutional <laughs> control. It is it is textbook. Agency starts right. What do you say? Yeah. Yeah, two years is where free agency starts. Everybody, yeah, 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 yeah. Unfettered transfer rules, yeah, for sure. And so I, I think that that's the starting point because of that. Like I, I think that they're going to start with two and go from there because they want kids to transfer and leave. As as did Ole Miss self-impose a one-year bowl ban, thinking that okay, we're gonna come clean and right, say we right. screwed up give ourselves a one-year ban right and then was that their thinking and did, did then did the committee of factions go uh no you guys didn't come clean so we got to go hammer you harder very potentially like, yeah. that from a negotiating standpoint well also i think if that's your tactic and you're saying okay we're done line one year we're coming clean then anything they find that you misrepresented they're gonna hammer you on and hey what has old miss done since then They've used a very prominent booster. Rebel Rags promotes during every Ole Miss sporting event, if you've ever been to one. Use them to file a lawsuit against the NCAA's star witnesses. I mean, I just, I think it's crazy to think that the NCAA is happy with the way Ole Miss has behaved, even just in the last six months, not even in the beginning of the investigation. Like, I, I think Ole Miss has been antagonistic. And sure, I mean, yeah, yeah, they've been... We've been targeted. I mean, we've talked about on the show. Ole Miss has a hard, or the NCAA has a hard arm for Ole Miss. All of that. I, this has just moved so far past that. I think you have to take off the red and blue glasses and see that you know they couldn't just ignore some of this stuff. Like, sure, Leo Lewis might not be uh, the most credible witness since he plays for Mississippi State, but like we talked about earlier in the show, there's a bunch of corroboration for the stuff he was saying. So it's it's hard really to say that the whole case rests just on that testimony from a rival player when we're seeing all this evidence come out that, you know, we didn't, we weren't even trying to hide it. This is, this is in the phone records. This is stuff the NCAA reviews routinely. You know, I mean, it's just at a certain point, the narrative shifts from NCAA bias to blatant incompetence on the part of Ole Miss. I agree. It, it, it's really, you know, what, what, what's, get on this we'll get pissed off for 20 minutes How, are, but there's still gonna be a bucket of the fan base that goes oh you gotta support Ole Miss through this no they were idiots the whole time and it just every every time like you know some not Ole Miss document comes out you just sit there right. and you go world are these people doing and it's like, a totally different anytime that document comes out it's a completely different universe than whatever wherever the Ole Miss document was taking place you know what I mean like it's it, it's completely different. Like the facts are not the same. The it just doesn't match up. It just seems like all Ole Miss has really done throughout the course of this is spin. There has not really been any substantial argument back. And even like so, so we we thought the Rebel Rags lawsuit was such a such a solid tool for Ole Miss, right? But I mean, 
I don't understand how they're going to say, well, Leo Lewis didn't know about, or he said that there were merchandise tags. Aha, we got him. And they'll come back and say, okay, well, why was Barney Farrar calling you 150 times specifically on recruiting weekends? At the very least, I, I feel like those are going to cancel each other out, and they're not going to win their lawsuit. It just, I it, think Rebel Rag is actually on this. They might be. Maybe they're doing this. They're on this very creative inside job venture ploy where instead of selling, after they lose their ability to sell NCAA right. license, they go to Starkville. Instead of selling Ole Miss, uh, well, that, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. They, uh, they, well, yeah, they could sell rags like for tears of Ole right. Miss fans. Sure, sure, sure. Tears of anger from Ole Miss fans and tears of joy of Starkville. So exactly. they got a three-person customer base to go from Rebel Rag to the apparel person to the. Not just tears of joy. I mean, I think they're going to need their rags for some other joy in Starkville, you know? Yeah. All right, hey, I I got a thing. All right, so Barney called this guy, you said like 100 times? 150, I think, over two years, something like that. He's calling him 50 times around recruiting. It's about recruiting. But if he's calling him 100 times, how do we know it's not like uh, what Houston Nutt was accused of when he, you know, had phone records calling this woman 100 times? So like yeah. yeah, here's like the most damning part about the phone records. Maybe, I just happen to have it in front of me. Maybe Barney and, and somebody at Rebel Rags just ha- oh sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, it says between March 28, 2014, January 25th, 2015. So that's that's recruiting high time. Farrar exchanged 61 phone calls with Warren and blank, and I think the blank is supposed to be Leo maybe. And then it says 19 of which occurred when, I think it says Leo as well, was visiting the institution. So 61 times in nine months, and 19 of the 61 happened to be while Leo is on campus. Like, that's that's pretty damning. And then the next sentence says, this, this stuff like this is what really worries me, and it's not really explored any further, but it just sounds really bad. It says text message information gathered during the investigation also shows Farrar communicating with football student athletes about going to Rebel Rags. So it's like it's even beyond what they're laying out for us. They're basically saying, and we have a bunch of other really damning stuff too that we're not even going to put in here. Really, we're just going to mention it. It's just I, I, it's crazy to me the way that they were using their phones. I'll just I'll reiterate that it's crazy. I wonder how much of that information has been shared with the COI because the because. I still tell me if you, if yeah, you're different than this, Justin. But doesn't the COI have to agree to get to grant immunity? The COI has to approve it. Yeah, it's so something like before, that. Like going before a grand jury to get an. Oh no, 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 yeah. So okay, so I think that they already did grant immunity back back in the original interviews. Like the COI convened to specifically grant it to Leo Lewis, uh, but they could revoke it at any time. If they decide he's not being truthful, I just I, I don't see that happening. I think Leo Lewis shows up at the hearing. I think they ask him some pretty easy questions. Ole Miss is not allowed to cross examine him. Uh, it's gonna get rubber stamped. And he, I mean, he's gonna have to fight in court. That's that's really the more important thing for Lewis is because you know their Rebel Rags wants to go after his NFL future earnings or whatever. But you know, honestly, I think if the NCAA hammers Ole Miss partially using Leo's testimony, it's probably going to help his court case. I don't, I don't know exactly, you know, like admissibility of NCAA, you know, evidence in in the court, but uh, I just, I don't know. Sure, there are points against Lewis's credibility, 
But I think if you're acting like there aren't a lot more doubts about Ole Miss's credibility, you're kind of just, like I said, red and blue glasses at this point because Ole Miss has been shown to be lying and saying that there wasn't evidence of things that there was evidence of throughout this entire process. Uh, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss is the public company that cannot look beyond, I've got to salvage my quarter next quarter's earnings as much as possible. And there's absolutely no perspective into the long-term health of the institution. And hell, their stocks basically, you know, their quote-unquote stock is basically at the same same point where Snapchat snaps is right now. Snapchat opened to what, 17 bucks a share in their IPO. Yeah. They're down to 12, they're down 50%, but Ole Miss, or 30%, whatever. But Ole Miss has no idea that's going on because they're like, well... You know, keeping the stock at twelve twenty five is better than keeping it at twelve. Versus, uh, you guys were up at seventeen and you're bleeding. You've already lost like a third of your blood. That's the behavior they're exuberating. And mm-hmm. when, but the problem is, and we, you know, we'll go, I guess we'll go briefly touch this dead horse again. Is that the ultimately, you know, I guess to compare this to the business world, the snap board of directors eventually, if they get unhappy with this trend or behavior. They would replace the management team, make you know, substantial changes there. The people that govern the University of Mississippi is the IHL. Do they even have the best interest in their heart? Right, you know? right. It's, so hard, it's hard to know. It, it's basically just it's allowed to sit there and flail out of control as long as it wants to. And as long as the deacon in Hattiesburg, you know, whatever Bible verse he reads in the morning that tells him what he should do with Ole Miss, I guess that'll direct him to how this thing gets managed as opposed to any sensibility. But I wish I was making a joke, but I'm pretty sure that's how this gets done. So let's look up today's gospel. You know, here, I'll, t- I'll tell you how you talk about something. I'll come, come I'll give you the verse of the day here in a minute, Sanders. Okay. Well, like, so another thing is, uh, like part of this lawsuit was about, I believe the name is Emily rebel Rex said no one named Emily worked there. Whereas I think Kobe, it's hard to know. Cause you just got blanks for these kids, but I think it was Kobe Jones said it might've also been Leo. I don't know that, uh, that she, there was always the same employee there. Her name was Emily. She would give them free merchandise and rebel Rex is like, no one has ever worked here with that name. So now apparently we learn there's a video uh, and this is weird because the video was presented on June 30th, 2017, which would be, what, two years after this would have allegedly happened, like he would have gotten the free merch. But apparently there's a video of the merchant, some of the merchandise received for free. Also shown in the video is one of Emily's Rebel Rags business cards with her cell phone number handwritten on the back. So, I mean, lots of conflicting information there. Maybe... Maybe Kobe and them made it all up, and that's evidence that the video is fake and they produced it all. I don't know, but damn. If if Rebel Rags is saying no one named that ever even worked here, and then they can they can show a business card with her name and she wrote her phone number on the back, I mean, that's a pretty convincing fake. Like, they would have had to go to pretty big lengths to make a fake Rebel Rags business card. I, I just, I don't know. It seems like Old Miss's story is the less credible one at this point. Rebel Rag story as well, because it's, it's the same story. Yep. <sighs> so today's gospel, you know what, I'll finish this since I started it. It's Matthew chapter 14, verses 22-23. Matthew Luke, the book of Matthew Luke. Matthew Luke. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Caleb can't take this. It's when all the disciples get on the boat and G, they're on the boat and Jesus on the shore and says, "It's a good story." Know, Peter, you want to come to me? Just get, just you know, come across the water. Peter gets out, starts walking across the water, but then notices the wind, took fright, began to sink. And then Jesus put out his hand at once and held him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt? And they got into the boat. As they got into the boat, the wind dropped. Truly, the Son of God. So basically, we're just, we're, you know, we can interpret this many ways. We're not putting our, we're not trusting our administration properly. We have little faith. We're the podcast of little faith. That's very true. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I think maybe if uh, Ole Miss fans just just let the administration handle this, uh, everything will be great. It's been working out so far. Um, they're killing it. Everything's on track for sure. Uh, so basically, that here's what's going on. That Deacon's reading that, and then he's sitting here listening to Bitter and Bjork saying everything's going to be okay, and then just they're going to get to obliterated here late October, early November, and he's going to wonder what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb was like, no, I cannot deal with this. I'm just telling you how this is getting managed. Okay. <laughs> Enough. Listen, this... I'm, 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 I'm just, I had to zone out there. I couldn't you had to zone. I was thinking about conspiracy theories. I'm just telling you how the IHL is getting managed. Yeah, that's all. I, was, I don't think. Speaking of the IHL, if anybody has a strong disagreement with how uh, my interpretation or thought process theory on the IHL being managed, I'd love to hear it. I'm very open to having this discussion. Speaking of the IHL, I mean, just like Mike Leach, I'll take the world as flat, which is crazy for the world is round. Speaking of the IHL, yes, uh, you were listening to somebody else's podcast the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, wasn't it Jeffrey Wright? It's the guy. <coughs> no, it was a. Uh, what was the beer garden? Yeah, McCr- McCrady was, and Wright. Okay. Yeah, McCrady, it, it, was it was Wright's take. Anyway, yeah, he he nailed Hugh Freeze. Give Jeff yeah, Wright no, Jeffrey Wright said that Dan Jones was an inside job, and that Hugh Freeze. This is an interesting. It's an interesting theory for me. I'm not ready to lend it any credibility, but I've been hearing it from these guys, and it's definitely worth thinking about. I mean, did Hugh fun. Freeze try to consolidate power? by getting Jones out? I don't know. That's a crazy question. I mean, if you wanted to secretly, like, run everything yourself, can you think of a better replacement chancellor that's just so incompetent and, and cowardly as Jeff Bitter? Yeah, so how long did it take Freeze of running everything himself before the program was completely engulfed in flames? Like, he had a he had a good, like, two, three years there of, man, I got this. I'm the smartest dude. I can figure all this out. That seems to be awesome. like a, a pattern when you look at Hugh Freeze yeah. basically getting forced to give up the play calling. Immediately our offense is better. And then I'm saying, I like being in charge. No one else can be in charge of anything. I'm going to go back to calm plays. Uh-huh. And Pretty much. Or, man. you know, like, it fits the narrative is all I'm saying. I think it's an interesting conspiracy theory. Farrar said he was like a man without a country after being fired by old man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I did catch Jeffrey Wright saying something kind of dumb on his podcast that I'm subtweeting him, I guess. Okay, subpotting. You're subpotting. I'm subpotting you, but uh, he said that McElwain was going to be Ole Miss's head coach if Freeze went to Florida. And all my sources, and I think it's even almost been publicly out there, that um, Ross was definitely going to hire Pointe 
who was going to be his number one target if, if uh, Freeze left. Hmm. I think God did Godfrey come out and say that too. It's believable. He might have said that. Um, which I, I think that would have been a good hire. What did he go at Virginia Tech last year? How much did he get paid? Is that what you're saying? No, no. How, how much did he? Or how many? Oh, games? oh, oh. I'm not sure. They did me decently, look right? I'm supposed to look up. Virginia uh, last year. Nine and nine and three went to the ACC title game. Heck yeah. Nine and three went to the ACC title. Maybe they lose to Clemson. I'm like, I think they won the ball. Maybe yeah, they lost to Clemson. I'm not gonna hold that against them. Like shit. <laughs> so, all right, yeah. Well, what do you think would have happened if uh, Freeze had gone to Florida and we had Puente? Uh, things would be a lot better. Yeah. Would um, would Greg McElwain or would McElwain still be? Uh, under scrutiny for possibly humping that shark if he was not mm. at a big university no. like Florida. Well, if Florida. he was not at a big coastal state university, no, I don't think so. I think that was all about because it looked like something a Florida fan would do. Yeah, like would he have even been around a shark to hump if he was still exactly? Uh, exactly. They don't have a lot of sharks in uh, Colorado. Humps that shark. I like how they still were discussing that at SEC, the last SEC media day. <laughs> They're still talking about the shark photo. Um, yeah. I mean, I would have been pumped if if we could have sent Freeze to Florida and then we got McIlwain. That would have been tight. I, I think I'd rather have Puente. Uh, yeah, I mean, me too. I don't really like McIlwain, but I still think he's a better coach than, like, Freeze. Yeah, I mean, it probably would have been better off with either Freeze or McIlwain. Puente but... or McIlwain, yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, yeah, sorry, Puente or McIlwain. That would have been interesting. I would agree with that. So what, did Akeem Judd uh... – Get some yards in a preseason game last night. Five carries for 53 yards. That's pretty good for the Titans. Who's the nice. key? Oh, the Titans. Titans. Uh, obviously, we should mention Stringfellow had a big 99-yard uh, touchdown catch. That was cool. Remember when everybody thought Akeem Judd was going to be okay, but that was only because, like, Tunzel was on the field and we didn't pull the guards the last five games to sit the 15 because order ran well, the offense. There was also <laughs> that – Stretch of time where, like, if you made one upfield cut, you were like, oh, my God, this is the best running back we've ever had. Like, because our <laughs> backs were so bad. I think King Judd would have been a good Was that your deal running back quote of the day? Uh, run first offense. What quote of the day? John. John's not doing his duty. He's going to get a duty. Yeah, outsourced to you. Yeah, Neil McMillan was telling him. You remember, I'm not going to give him Neil shit here. He spent the whole offseason telling me King Judd was like the same, uh, right? It's like because he made three cuts, you know? Right. Although they did run behind Greg Little for a 20-yard TD against Alabama this past year. True. And I, like, nearly that was a good. That was a good touchdown, too. Yeah. I think I think if he was in, like, a I-formation offense, he would have been fine. Mm. I can't judge. Didn't really fit the offense. Should have come here when Frank Wilson was the coach. <laughs> um. All right. Well you, well, you said John's getting a drink. Ask me if he has anything else he wants to talk about. Uh. Oh, John and I were talking about how to make the season watchable again. Right, right. Give us that. Properly shit on the season. I think it's high time. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Because, too, the season, of course, I think most people listening to this know what it is, but it's like Old Miss's high production documentary series that makes about the sports teams. And they're they're either exuberant victory celebrations or they're, like, just very sad turning losses into moral struggles, like you were saying earlier, Table. Yeah, that's my thing is like, yeah, like is it fun watching it get pumped up when we're winning? Yeah, but like when we 
lose like the most embarrassing egg bowl. Yeah. They try to play it off as a positive somehow. They're not just like, oh, we got our ass kicked. They're showing like all these highlights of like the only things, like the few, like the five plays we actually did right the entire fucking game. Yeah. And then just like put up one touchdown. And it's like, by the way, we lost. And it'll be like, it may not have been the Rebels' day on the field, but not yeah. for lack of trying. It's like, don't, 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 they don't, wore don't. Their, uh, what did Breeze call his bands? His commitment bands or whatever? Oh, yeah. yeah. They wore geez. their commitment bands. No, it's like, what do you call them? Yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. The white Livestrong bracelets. The, yeah. 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 That's, yeah, that's exactly Bigger right. fraud. Hugh Freeze or Lance Armstrong. There's Ooh, the it's actually very fitting. So, so what those are really for, y'all know about this, right? Like they, those bracelets were really, you would put them on the door of the room in the athletic building when you, you know, you had a, a visitor <laughs> with you. It was just, it was a practical thing. It wasn't really any sort of a commitment. It was just, you know, they needed them. It's the purple tie or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, how would, okay. So table, how would you make the season better? All right. We got two choices, okay? Okay. It could be a documentary series featuring every small town in the state um, of Steve Robertson going around looking for Hugh Freeze's alleged bastard child. You know, because he loves, you know, chasing Ooh, that's good. Yeah. And mysteries across the state. Yeah, that, that could be good. It could be interviews. Um, or, if you remember LeBron James' The Decision... Yeah, I do. I remember. Yeah, took like two hours or four hours, whatever, to like choose what team he was going to. When open season starts, when free agency starts, After I think we should two year bowl Patterson, yeah. Jay Patterson, the decision. Jay Patterson, the decision, and and Ole Miss is producing all of this. So yeah, this becomes our new pitch to recruits. Like, hey, come to Ole Miss. If we get hammered while you're here with a two-year bull band, we'll make it such an easy transition for you. We'll, we well, know. everybody pays Barney to recruit Shade to their school. And that's Barney's <laughs> The Revenge of Barney. If yeah, everybody from Ole Miss that, tr- that cho- chose to transfer went to Mississippi State, would they even then be able to win the West? Would that, would that even be enough talent? Yeah, if the question is, it, are, if Ole Miss and State was one school, would it still be mediocre? I don't know. It's a good question. Right here. I think they'd have a good year, yeah. Uh, yeah, I still don't think like they can hang with Alabama or even LSU when LSU has a quarterback. Yeah. Not like game to game, but like in a, having the same record at the end of the season capacity. Yeah. They'd probably be strong as a good East team. Yeah, I mean, they would, yeah. Maybe Mullen's really good at beating Kentucky, except for last year. But uh, yeah, Shea Patterson. The those decision. are two. Those are both. Those are both good ideas. Decision. We got you know a couple other four stars or five stars or whatever, don't we? Uh yeah, Greg Little. The decision. Yeah. AJ Brown. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hmm. I gotta I gotta think about this. My my idea is to make the season better. It's hey. a fun. It's a fun topic. DK Metcalf should go to Alabama and be their Amari Cooper. Can't fashion Cooper, but He's as good as Cooper or Julio. Although, who was it that was saying, was on your Stupid Rivals podcast, that was like, he's a top five receiver in the United no, States. Didn't, didn't Ben Garrett, people said Ben Garrett said he was going to be the best receiver in program history. Yeah, like it's a little early. 
I mean, I love DK. And I, I mean, yeah, he has some sick catch. That catch against Florida State was sick. But, yeah, I mean, also, we're going to hate on Swinney for being injured in high school and injured again last year. And then DK gets injured. Didn't he also get injured in high school? And then he gets hurt last season. I'm just saying. Yeah. I love DK. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love DK, and I hope he is the best receiver. Me too, because I'd love to watch that. If he transfers, I hope he's the best oh, God. receiver in that, that, that program. So here, there you go, earning your intro. Right there. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, Ole Miss fan that hates Ole Miss the most. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I lived in Oxford. He, he was in uh, high school in Oxford. And he's uh-huh. like the player at Oxford High School, and he's a good guy. He, 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 he like small fry. He's a nice guy. I forgot what I'm talking about. Small anyway, brat. I'm pulling for him, but it's just a bit early, you know. It's yeah. like I'm pulling for him too. I would love to see DK Metcalf show, and I don't want anybody to transfer. So don't don't loop don't lump everybody uh, that talks on this podcast in together. Um, not hey. not all podcast hosts. That's all I'll say. Okay. Here's a question: um, Are our new assistant coaches idiots, or are they bullshitting on purpose? With what? Like, like what been lives? following the tight end saga. Oh yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Like, yeah, oh, hold like, on, hold on. Every assistant coach does this to yeah. the media. This is just funny because it's like um, talking about like David Knox, the surprising like Dawson, Dawson Knox, yeah. Dawson Knox. I hope, he, I hope he catches seven touchdowns this year. <laughs> yeah, that would be my, great. He is my number one. Just player. Like, he's my favorite player. Like, just he's a walk on, but he's already beat out. Gabe Angle, Angel. And, I like uh, I like Phil Longo. He's blue collar Texan. Uh, I'm all about that. And um, you know, Jacob Mathis never even gets mentioned. I'm not sure he's a real person. I won't get into that. I think he's a conspiracy. But um, they're talking about how good Knox is. Like he's six five, two fifty. He's a big guy. Be a great tight end. And then Longo says, "Of course, I never used a tight end before." So he might get used more like a receiver. So, so, so when I use a receiver, pretty cool. So you know, it's like, oh, we're so struggling so hard to find a tight end. Oh, we found one. Too bad we don't need a tight end. It just none of it made any sense. If it's a purposeful misdirect, I'm all about assistant coaches bullshitting. But like Bradley Del Pavido saying, man, I love our linebacker group, and there's so many of them that are going to get on the field, and Taylor Polk is. Such, <laughs> like, I mean, I would love if Taylor Polk was all SEC, but, dude, just, uh, I mean, did you read any of those quotes? Some. Yeah. yeah. I saw some. It's it's hard to, to get too excited about camp this year. <laughs> I don't know. Hard to be bothered to get Benito, Benito Jones is okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, that, I mean, obviously that's good news. Any of the injuries that turn I, out to be minor. I hope that Benito is really okay. And it's not, it's not a deal Yeah, exactly. Where they're like, oh, Tony Conner is fine. Oh, we should play God. him and Golly. then injure him more. Yeah, I let's, think let's hope it's nothing Conner, like that. Let's hope it's nothing like that. I'm accusing the coaching staff of playing Tony Connor before they should have and making his knee worse. I think they've done this with other players. Hmm. I don't trust the coaching allegedly. staff to tell me. Yeah, allegedly. I, I just, me personally, I don't trust anybody on the current Ole Miss coaching staff to tell me a player is really fine and him to actually be fine. I don't trust it. Well, I think the the bigger takeaway is like we can't trust them to really tell us the truth about anything anymore. So everything is is suspect. The credibility is uh is lacking. There's, there's no credibility. You're exactly right. Everything is suspect. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's great news uh, for you here on this this Sunday morning. We're recording this. A good, uh, nice, nice taste in our mouth the rest of the day. We're I'm all sure ready to go attend an alumni event. Tell everybody how great Ole Miss is. Yeah, uh, need- go oh, sell a painting. I got my Ole Miss shirt on here. I'm ready to roll. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that sounds fun, guys. I hope you all enjoy that. I hope uh, Caleb's painting garters a lot of uh, positive talk and. Uh, you know, maybe some maybe some art world buzz. I mean, I could. I think you're. I think you're ready for a showing. I think Ole Miss prepares people to deal with society as well as any public institution in the world right right now. Think about it. All this misinformation coming out of Washington. All right, this sure. Get your training. Training us. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, take that. Take that as your uh, your inspiration this week. Just remember. Your alma mater or the school that you apparently cheer for as you're listening to this um, is just trying to get you ready for the the bleak world that's out there full of uh, lies and, and innuendo and all of that. So that's that's great news. Um, thank you for listening, of course. We appreciate that. Uh, any final thoughts from New Hampshire, guys? I'm going to be curious to see how this painting gets received at this event. Yeah, me too. Uh, I can't wait to hear about this. Look for future art shows and uh... – I hope so. And a short film. Did you tell him about selling it for two hundred bucks supports from what the local soldier to do? Say what? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So when I was painting this, I was like, I'm gonna go outside and paint. There's a little park. I'll be like, this will be a nice quiet place to paint. Uh-huh. I know they do free concerts every Wednesday afternoon, mm-hmm. and so it gets packed crowded as soon as I'm like out there painting. Yeah. Everybody comes up and looks at it, but everybody Whoa. likes. it. Everybody's like, oh, wow, what's this style? Is this impressionism? Is this folk art? <laughs> yes, it is folk art. And they were like, oh, my gosh, are you, are you from the South? I was like, like yes. Yeah. Like, they really do folk art in the South? And I was like, yes, everybody. <laughs> That's hilarious, <laughs> dude. Oh, my God. And um, some of them came up, and they're like, like these Massachusetts people are like, hey, we're going to be practical with you. Like, you're not going to sell this here. Like, no, you know, nobody buys paintings. Take this to Portsmouth. You charge those fuckers $200. <laughs> They got money. You charge those fuckers two hundred dollars for something like this. this That's is so nice. funny, dude. Oh my god, that makes me want to go to the north. Came up and said that too. He's like the ultimate compliment up here. That's, That's how it amazing. Two hundred dollars. That's amazing. Holy crap. Okay, wow. That's a great story to end the podcast on. Well, I hope you get that kind of positive reception at the the alumni event today. I'm sure they're gonna love it. Um, for any of our, I'm happy. President's gonna love it. Talk matters. <laughs> Exactly. For any of our listeners out there uh, that that think that we're just like some trolls, uh, turns out we're actually much more involved in uh, Ole Miss and the alumni associations probably than you are. So, you know, just shut up. We don't care. No one cares about you. Um, if, if being honest about what's going on with your program makes you uncomfortable, uh, don't listen to the show. Just unsubscribe. We, we don't care. I don't you know, care at hey, all. Dude, we need to go get a uh, like a counseling service to sponsor us. It'd work great with this content. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, this this show is all about getting you to the acceptance stage of what's going on with Ole Miss. So you know, a lot of you are still on denial. Um, just keep listening if you can handle it. If it's not going to make you irrationally angry and dirty diaper and all that, uh, and and we'll keep moving you towards the acceptance phase because. Starting to think I'm there. You know, I feel like uh, I'm accepting this bullshit pretty well. But for now, we're going to call it. Uh, we got a good long show for you here today in the can. Um, 
Thanks for listening. As I said, you can hit us up on Twitter if you want. Uh, go to our website. Check out that that uh, the picture of the painting that we talked about earlier in the show. LandsharksAfterDark.com. Find all the old episodes and stuff, and uh, throw this in there. If you like the show, uh, get on iTunes, give us a, a five star review and a five star rating and a review. That'd be great. We'd appreciate it. It helps us uh, move up the charts a little bit. So when someone's searching for an old Miss show. Uh, they'll find us and be like, what is this bullshit? I hate these guys. Why are they so negative and all that? And we can get that great engagement going. So we love that. Um, for, for John, for Table, I'm Justin. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.